Welcome back to episode two of Apparently with Astra, your weekly parenting podcast where we talk about all things babies and parenting and we try to get all of those topics in that you're interested in. And I feel really good about episode two, getting episode one kind of out of the way because you have all of these expectations and it was fantastic. Once again, I have to thank Dr. Tracy Archer for being my first host. What a great way to start off the show. If you haven't seen episode one yet, I encourage you head over to Be Social Podcast on YouTube and type in Apparently with Astra episode one. And we're also streaming on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So you can listen in your car, you can listen while you're doing the dishes at home and you can get all of the audio there. Now, we are on to episode two, yes, and we've got two lovely ladies <laughs> for episode two. Uh, we have got Erica Hinkson. Hi, Ashra. Hi, Erica. How, How are, you, are you? I asked you first. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I am doing well. Now, we, we got out of the car and we're like, oh my gosh, twinsies. Twinsies. Wearing the same color. That is a piece yes. of last color. And I had no idea. Yep. I did a, I did a lot of reading on PCOS really last night and had no idea the color for PCOS Awareness Month is, is teal. teal. Yes. So we're Just right on target. The, yeah. the, the stars aligned and here we are. It's meant to be. <laughs> <laughs> we also have the lovely Shauna Clark. Hello. How Hi, Shauna. Well, I'm, I'm doing great. You asked me first, so I'm going to ask you now. <laughs> How are you doing? I, I'm great as well. Yeah. Perfect. Good. I'm really, really excited to hear about your story as well. And um, did I mention these are two phenomenal women in their own right, both mothers, both professional women, and also both PCOS survivors. You live with PCOS. And um, during my reading, I learned that it was one of those things that you will live with for the rest of your life. There's no cure. There's no, cure. no cure at all. Well, not necessarily the rest of your life. I mean, yeah. there may be a cure eventually. eventually but for right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, people are um, really advocating. There's a lot of research. So maybe a cure will come along. Never know. Stay positive. We always <laughs> have to stay positive. And, you know, that's one of many things that we're going to be talking about today, your positivity, your mental wellness, how you found out about PCOS, and how did you realize that you were someone who was living with it. And um, it's, it's truly one of those things that I can admit, I considered myself to be a pretty worldly person and know a lot of things, but I did not know about PCOS. I have a friend, uh, her name is Julia Mandeville, and wow. she actually informed me about endometriosis. And through that, I learned about PCOS. And I know that it's something that a lot of women now, they live with. Yeah. And it's ten. almost one in... One in 10. Worldwide, yeah. One and in 10. That's in Barbados. It could be as one in six now, yeah. about that. Yeah. Do you think that we're doing enough, our health industries, are they doing enough to seek out and find these women? Or do you think it should be, as it pertains to spreading awareness about PCOS, I know that you're a part of a foundation, so are you. Yeah, yeah. Yes. we're doing what we can. We can yeah, we're, oh. try, we're trying. We're definitely trying. Because a lot of people like you, like mm -hmm. they just don't even know it exists. And then a lot of people have it and don't even know that they have it. Mm -hmm. Because they could be living with these symptoms right. and just think, okay, well, it's just something I have, something but I, I don't have know what it with. is. I don't know what it is, but, you know, let me, let me trot on. Mm -hmm. But they're, you know, having, they have PCOS and don't, and don't even know that they have it. Shauna, how I did you, manage it. how did you find out that you had it? <laughs> I found out that I had it when my husband and I were trying to get pregnant with our son. And before then, I didn't know that I had it. I was just living with symptoms. And um, what happened? The doctor I was going to previously, I always had a very irregular menstrual cycle. I would have like a period for weeks at a time and then a period for, you know, without a period for months. And I was like, you know, that's, that's not right. But they always said as a teenager, mm -hmm. it'll settle down. Don't pay any mind to it. It'll settle down. It'll be all right. Mm -hmm. And then um, I went on birth control pills to manage it because when I did have my period, it was awful like I had to stay home from school um I had to be on like painkillers 
you know, like there would be upset stomach, I'd be vomiting. It was just terrible when I actually did have it. So I went on the pill to try and regulate it. And this is as a teenager. As a teenager. So I wouldn't miss CXEs and, and school and all that stuff. Wow. Um, and that's a big decision to make as a teenager. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. definitely. I, I, I commend you. Yeah, well, no, not me. My mom was like, oh, oh no, no, I need you to be able to, you know, because who wants to miss an entire, like, CXE? Oh, absolutely You know, not. so just it's to, a rite of passage. To, to, mas- to manage the the symptoms and of having a period, it was like, well, probably the best thing to do is to go on um, birth control pills to see if that regulates it. Mm-hmm. So I did that, and then um, I went away to university, and I was on it that entire time, on the pill the entire time, and then I came back, got married, and then we were like, hey, let's have a baby. We have a dog, Ziggy, our first, well. Your first baby. My <laughs> first baby. <laughs> and Ziggy's like, hey, wait a minute. I thought I was enough. <laughs> no, they were like, okay, well, let's have a child. And then I, we were trying and trying and nothing was happening. And I had a friend, or I have a friend who is a doctor. Um, and she said, it's kind of strange. Why, why aren't you able to get pregnant? Like, are you ovulating? You know, what's going on there? I was like... I don't know. So then, um, was this a close friend? By a the very way, very close friend. Because sometimes the questions and the bluntness. No, that comes no, no. From this is like this <laughs> yes. is like I would consider her like one of my sisters. This okay. is my like okay. very good friend, mm-hmm. and um, she ended up getting pregnant. Her daughter is 12, 11 weeks older than than my son. So we were like pregnant sisters. So it was kind of like you know she would tell me what's coming next. You know what in oh your hips might start to hurt but anyway mm-hmm. going back to finding out i had it um after i went to my previous doctor and i said to him well we're trying to get pregnant and we're not getting anywhere like what could be wrong you know and he asked me but why are you trying to get pregnant i'm like well i'm like 26 i was like 26 or 27 married settled in life employed yes so you're checking all the boxes. Why and that, that question? For, if yeah, really like, well, you, you know, to, like, why decision? would you ask me that? Anyway, yeah. so then I ended up going to Dr. Archer, who mm-hmm. I love, who I love. My friend put me on to Dr. Archer. Great. So um, then Dr. Archer did all her tests and stuff, and she said, well, I believe that you have um, polycystic ovarian syndrome. And, you know, I didn't really know what it was. I, I didn't know at all. I yes. was like, what is that? So then when I started Googling, it was like, whoa. When you, you know, when you it's Google, overwhelming. it is very overwhelming. Just because finding I did out it last ha- night. Yes. And well, I mean, the Google, I, I did yeah. that last yeah. night. The amount of information that comes it's at you, lot. some seems really scary. It yeah. is. It's petrifying, especially if at the point in time you find out your goal is to have a child. Yes. The first thing you see is like infertility in red flashing, you know, writing. What went through your mind when you... I, my heart sank, my heart sank. I, I cried myself to sleep so many times and my husband was very supportive and tolerant of me in that time because obviously it was a blow for him too, hearing, you know, you possibly can't have a child. Um, so I went to Dr. Archer and she prescribed some medication to, um, regulate my insulin and it made all of my hair fall out, like all of the middle of my hair fell out. I had long, relaxed hair and it, broke off to like oh my maybe a centimeter long so you're just going through it right now because yeah, you you're know, emotionally you are wrecked emotionally and now people can literally see it happening happening and, to you and the thing is that when i first started taking this medication i was nauseous and vomiting every day for three weeks straight and then it just stopped so then i was on this medication and i'm like okay Nothing's happening yet. And then I went back to Dr. Archer. She gave me a different medic. I can't remember what it's called right now, but it was really expensive. Were you still trying to have a baby during all of this yes, treatment? Yes. That was the whole point because the, um, the first set of medication was metformin. It's like a diabetes medication. Mm-hmm. And it was supposed to um, regulate my insulin right? yeah. and, and then make me ovulate naturally. So then um, that didn't seem to be working. So I went on to have some, another, I can't remember what it's called, but it's supposed to make you, I guess, hyperovulate or ovulate. I'm only familiar with metformin one. Right. Um, it's like a little, a little teeny weeny pill, but it was really that. expensive. Mm-hmm. But you're only supposed to take it like once, and you're supposed to take it when you get your period. And I had it, I bought it, I went to the pharmacy, and I was just like, okay, period. Where are you? Where, where is it? So you're and then probably getting come. incredibly frustrated. And from the minute, say, from the time that you were diagnosed up until now, you've taken a series of medications, how long would you say that's 
been happening? I mean, you took your medication, you got diagnosed, and now you're at this point where you've taken all of these different types. Well, no, I was don't, it like I didn't a year? Take it, no, I, I, we tried for about a year, mm-hmm. but then we met Dr. Archer and she kind of like assisted us in the, in the whole thing. But then after, I didn't actually get to take the super expensive medication in the end because I took a pregnancy test and it was positive. Oh, wow. Right. So so then I I gave it back to her to give to somebody who couldn't, possibly couldn't afford it or something like that. Amazing. And then pregnancy was super easy. Well, Do you remember how you found out you were pregnant? Yeah. um, My husband, Josh, he kept saying... Breed, you know. I was like, like, Josh, really? And then I thought to myself, my husband is such a romantic. (laughs) So then we went, I remember we went to a particular supermarket and we bought a test and I was like, all right, I'm going to take this tomorrow, you know. And then it was positive. I was like, what? You probably couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I went and I met my friend. I was like, draw blood, take Mm -hmm. my blood, test it. She tested it. She was like, you're so silly. You're pregnant. Like, why are you freaking out? I'm like, because this is a big moment. Of but, course. But I'm also kind of dramatic. So mm-hmm. so is she, but we kind of balance each other out. Like, when I'm over the top, she's like, calm down, you know, and vice versa. So anyway, then I was pregnant. And you have a little Liam right now. I have a little Liam. He's four. He's four years old. But when you were pregnant, um, you're pregnant, polycystic ovarian syndrome. Did that affect your pregnancy in any way? Um, I was very scared that I could lose him almost every day you know like obviously that was a very real concern for me but especially probably in the first trimester of course yes yes but um not not really during pregnancy it didn't really I can't I also put a lot of that in the back of my mind because you know as a parent it's like what's the next thing absolutely I hardly have time to dwell on what actually you know, every single thing that happened in that Right, yeah. right. And now that you've had little Ian, Ian Liam. Liam. <laughs> now that you've had little Liam, what do you think about having more children? Would it, would it be something that you would want to try at again? Definitely Is it, not. Definitely not. No. Now that you've had Liam, yes. your symptoms... Was it something where pregnancy kind of aided in mitigating the symptoms a little bit? Like now that you've had a child, maybe things have calmed down, the hormonal levels aren't as out of whack. You know, you said that you, you know, you had insulin issues as well. Do you still have to say take medication throughout this time to kind of keep yourself leveled? Well, not right now, because shortly after Liam, I went and I got an uh, IUD put in. So that I can manage my period. And then the, I'm on um, Marina. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say the brand. But mm-hmm. I'm on Marina. So Is that the pill? No, it's an, um, an IUD. Oh, it's an like IUD. A, yeah, so I don't... Interuterine device. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I don't actually get a period. People sometimes say that's really abnormal. But I don't mind, given what I know they feel like. I, so, but, um, so I, you don't want any more children no I genuinely don't want any more children people always find us really weird but I don't want I don't find it's really weird actually I go back and forth with deciding as well exactly and you know it's one of those things that I'm asking you and I always consider this space to be a judgment-free zone because there's a way to ask yeah and because we're having this conversation I'm going to ask yes um but you know some people be like you don't have any children you don't want any more children you know what (laughs) I mean and you can hear the judgment in their voice and I'm like no I don't. You can help me feed them. <laughs> you, you know, but it's not only that. It's that, well, first of all, the PCOS thing. So, yeah. And I know what a mental toll that was to get pregnant. And I'm not trying to have that again. Like, Liam, have you seen him? He is perfect. I love I it, do Liam. not need oh, so another adorable. one. Yeah. Um, and then I just feel like at this point in time, I cannot financially support another child and give him the life that we would like to give him not i because it's a we thing we just don't want another one like people like i said people always say but why not i'm like because it's my life or our life and it's our decision and going into it initially when before i met my husband i wanted five children 
two boys, two girls, and whoever else came last. Oh. <laughs> Ambitious. <laughs> That's a lot. Yeah. He was like, are you sure? You see, I can't have more kids than hands. That's my whole thing. I need to be able to grab one with this hand, grab one with the other, and, and drag them out of the supermarket when they start throwing a tantrum. Like, Let's oh, go. One on each arm. Yes. Five. They'll be hanging off you, one's around yeah. your neck. You know, you're once being yeah, dragged that by your ankle. That was very unrealistic. <laughs> very unrealistic. You were a dreamer. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Those are the good right? old days. Yeah. Five kids is our grandparents mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. you know, our parents. So I, I understand that. But, yeah, you know, so. today, when you... I know that you're part of a foundation. Do you mind mentioning the foundation? Um, the Barbados Association of Endometriosis and PCOS. And when was that... Founded in September of 2016. So very recently. Mm-hmm. So before the foundation, did you know of anyone who was living with PCOS? Did you ever no. speak with anyone? No, no. I was. I felt all alone, and then I saw Julia. Mm-hmm. She had a blog that she was posting about about um, her her children as her pets, and I was like, "Hey, we have that." And then we got to talking because Liam was born in June, and. I mean, it was right after he was born. I started talking to Julia about um, having children and my difficulties with PCOS. And she, I knew she had endo. Mm-hmm. And so we just started talking. And she was like, hey, do you want to um, come on board with this association that we're trying to form? And then I met all these other lovely ladies that are suffering with um, various illnesses. Some have PCOS. Some have endometriosis. Some have both endo and PCOS. There's fibromyalgia. There's... Yes. A plethora of things. The long word ones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it, it's interesting to me because you mentioned that you didn't know of anyone who had it prior to the foundation beginning. Yep. Now that you are part of the foundation, you know of people who do have it, but was there a crossover from, okay, well, I knew you back in 2015 yeah. and you didn't mention it. Or and and are you saying that you also didn't mention it? It wasn't probably something that came up in dinner conversation. Right. I understand. It's like, oh, by the way, pass the potatoes, and I have PCOS. <laughs> yeah, you know, you don't say it like that. But some people just didn't know back then either. So then, um, even like, people, well, the people that I met through the organization, you know, we kind of it became like a I don't know. Hey, you have this. I have that too. What do you do? Mm-hmm. This is why, you know, like you exchange yeah. stories and you get to know, well, I had that same thing happen to me. And then even now that I am, I guess, more vocal about it because I do not want anybody to ever feel like how I felt when I first found out. Um, people will come up to me all the time and say, hey, you know, I have PCOS too. And yeah. I just found out. And what do you do? You know, like they come and I don't mind it at all. I would rather that and have them not feel all alone. Mm-hmm than to be, you know, lost and confused and seeking answers from people who don't look like them, who, you know, are on the internet, never spoken to. There's a disconnect yes, there. definitely. And that's why we're here, because we want to connect people. And, of course, like I said, this, this episode isn't just for people who are living with PCOS. It's so that you can understand what it's about. And if you ever talk to somebody with PCOS, you'll feel like you you have a little background and you can understand what, what they're going through. And um, I know that we have another beautiful, you know, she's been doing some minor intros. And we're talking about Erica Hinkson. And I've known Erica for a couple of years now. We became like Facebook buddies. Yeah. And I've been following her with her little baby, oh, thank um, you. Sydney. Heart. And yes. I'm sure you follow baby Ethan, so we've of got course, that. I follow everything you're doing because <laughs> I, I think you're great. Love your voice. Oh, thank love you. Love your spirit and your passion. And I did see the article when you um, were featured when you were pregnant as well. And I was oh, like, yeah. I'm so happy for Astra because I did see your journey as you went along as well. It was really, really exciting. And, you know, I took the journey for granted as well because when I got pregnant, really it was something that we decided in November and then literally by December – I was pregnant oh, nice. and it was just such a whirlwind because I thought to myself, oh, I'm going to enjoy this. We're going <laughs> to do it all the time. It's going to be six months of it. And then it was like, oh, and you know, here we are. He had peed on the stick and you're pregnant. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's get to business. The ball is rolling. Yep. Um, so Erica. Astra. I yes. had no idea that you were living with PCOS um, 
until probably 18 months or so, you started discussing it more and more online. Yeah. And I, I was, to yeah, I was reading about it. And like you said, you know, nobody knows what goes on behind in people's personal lives until they're ready to talk about it. Exactly. We take a personal decision sometimes. And sometimes you think you're alone. Um, it's a personal journey. This is not something to discuss. Maybe there's a little shame to it and all these different things. And then maybe youth as well. And then course there weren't any platforms in the same way of, of people embracing on the level that they do so yes. as I went along probably that's why I spoke later down because I've been diagnosed since I was about 20 years old. Wow and how old are you now? 28. 28. Never ask a lady her age. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry okay. let me. I guess I'm still young so when I hit 30 I was like we can just cut that. Two, okay. 32. That's okay. She looks up into the left. And young and vibrant, but even at 50, 60, 70, we are young and vibrant. You're really young and vibrant. Yes, yeah, sure. we could be 25 going on 60. My, my granny would happily say her age, I'll know, because she knows she still has it going on. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Erica's granny. We're going to bring her in next. <laughs> Definitely. Let's do that. So yeah. you found out when you were 20 years old. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about that experience, finding out? Okay, well, I was at UE, I remember that. So I, when I think about it, it was maybe 19 going into 20. So that would be moving into my second year. Mm-hmm. I, I had a boyfriend at the time. Everything was going along pretty, wrong? going along pretty. Oh, along. Yeah, along, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> along. The, the boyfriend's like, wait a minute, I thought <laughs> we had a good thing going when you were 19. <laughs> What? Going along. <laughs> Going along. No, okay, along. Okay, Pretty okay. okay. Um, besides, again, you, like you said, the same teenage, you know, it was um, my peers weren't regular. Maybe I would get every couple months. Um, at school, I did have some incidences, some spotting, um, a bit of pain, a bit of cramps, suggestions of going on um, the period um Painkillers, usual stuff, cataphlan. But you thought, that. for the most part, it was normal. normal. Yeah. I thought, yeah, okay, I'm missing it, but other girls are missing yeah, their periods you know, every now and again, too. And you only, I'm getting it once every <laughs> um, three months, but this is normal. I'm thinking, as a teen, this is okay. And sometimes it'll be three days, four days, sometimes not at all. But So a bit of pain, but nothing major for me. Something to out of the out ordinary. Of the ordinary yeah. Like, totally out of the ordinary. So I'm in UE, I'm partying, I'm in the guild. I'm studying more, more so partying in the guild than studying. <laughs> and um, I, one day I was home um, between classes because sometimes you know you have an off day, and I um, was in immense pain. Like just my stomach was hurting, cramps beyond this world, and I started vomiting. And actually, I did vomit for a week and a half. Oh, I didn't. I mean, I didn't think it was. I thought it was the flu, like fever, a stomach flu, stomach yeah, flu, like something like that, something, gastro, yeah. something. I didn't think anything wow. else still out of the ordinary. Told my mom. You were a strong person. Can I just say she said she went through that for a week and a, a half. A week and a half. Literally 45 seconds into it, I would have been down at the hospital. <laughs> like, take my blood, take the temperature. Something. I quit, I quit. No, it was just, it was just yeah, I would vomit every day. And I told my mom. And again, we just thought, okay, well, just stay home. And I was home from UE that week, just, you know, home in bed in pain, thinking. Have some soup. Have relax. some soup. Um, have a cold bath every now and again. Sleep. Maybe it's just a headache. Maybe a little nausea. Eventually, my mom said, maybe you're pregnant. Yeah, that's what my mom said. Because, <laughs> again, we didn't know nothing. Nobody's educated on anything. Wow. I was like, mom, no, I'm not pregnant. I'm very sure I'm not pregnant. <laughs> that's not what's going on here. And yeah, um, she's awkward. like, yeah, she was like, okay, I'm taking you to the doctor. Because it's not, it was me that pushed against it. My mom, honestly, was always die hard there for me and had told me from day one, because she's a person any slight thing you're going to the doctor you're going to fmh and i said no mom i'm gonna get over this i don't want to go to the doctor i don't want to go to the doctor i was at this thing at that time about going to the doctor so eventually i gave in when i realized this was not subsiding and at the time there was the brigade medical house that was out by the garrison on the corner there Mm -hmm. it's since closed down i don't know if you remember when that was there. Yeah, 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 yeah and um they rushed me in to their um, exam room because when they asked, obviously the doctor spoke with me after the nurses 
and went through so my symptoms. And I were like, are you crazy? Um, you know, like this is one time doctors move from the usual professional yeah. like to more a uh, panic mode of we think we know what this is and you could have died. Like I actually that's what they told me, you could have died because it was like they had added up in their mind already. Period, cramps, vomiting. Somebody said one of the doctors said we think a cyst burst. And I was like, What? A cyst? What does this mean? What, what are you talking about? Talking about? Yeah. And um, then they get put me on the on an ultrasound. They saw and spotted I had several cysts on my ovaries. And one major one that was a big, I don't know what size, but a huge one had burst. Now, normally they'd start to say, no, after all that, I would have found out after that, that cysts burst all the time for some people. They're small. They have no effect. But my particular cyst that ruptured was so large that it caused a problem down there by my reproductive system and burst, causing the immense pain and the vomiting and nausea. Wow. That's now, I don't even know I if out. I mentioned it at the beginning of the show exactly what PCOS is, uh-huh. but you specified it there in your story. Yeah. Um, there are these little cysts that grow on your ovaries, and um, they can be, I don't know medical terms, so help me out, Shana, if it's the word benign, but where they don't burst, or they just, or it means they do burst, and... It doesn't, um, it's reabsorbed into the, back okay. into the body. Yeah. But if it burst and it goes into the bloodstream, and then what would have started happening with me was I started hemorrhaging. So you, you would start internally bleeding. If it, if, you, if it does happen to reabsorb into the bloodstream and cause in the way with what happened with me. Like I said, normally for some people, it could just reabsorb in the body and you're okay. You're but, fine. But for, but for me, you, yeah. it was a more dire situation. Exactly, with the bleeding. It's also important to note that not everybody with polycystic ovarian syndrome has cysts on their ovaries. No. I have them. On, um, you both do? Of them. I have bilateral um, cysts on my ovaries, yeah. And I do get the rupture, but never as bad as that. Wow. Yeah. But it is very painful. So what can the doctors do at that point? You're in severe pain and your these cysts have ruptured. Mm-hmm. Is it something where they take you into surgery immediately? They take you into an immediate... Im- emergency sorry for tripping on that emergency mm-hmm. procedure mm-hmm. um i didn't get surgery so it wasn't invasive but i know they had some type of pump type system that did pump out whatever liquid yes was in there and excess liquid because it's poisonous if it gets into that certain part it's kind of like poisonous how are you now. feeling at this point because i'm trying mm-hmm. to imagine you laying there in the hospital bed you at one point were just a 19 slash 20 year old student partying yeah. in the guild yeah. at ue <laughs> And now you're laying in a bed, and they're pumping you, trying to get, you know, these cysts under control. Yeah. And are they telling you anything at this point? No, Do, I, I was Had they it. defined what it is at this point? No, they still didn't tell me anything, because it's just panic mode and emergency. And we need to parent, keep her I, yeah, stable, stable and alive. Calm. I was not even um, really aware of anything that was going on. It was the consultations after... Once I got everything settled, I, not even that day, because obviously it's like after they got me under control and I was rested and everything, I did go home later mm-hmm. evening because that's like morning time. Left unattended, can PCOS kill you? I don't know. I don't think so, I, I, but it, if it's unmanaged, it can lead to type 2 diabetes. Cancer, I guess, in yes. that way. Yeah. It can, it's the things that can spiral from after the PCOS yeah, unmanaged, that unmanaged yeah. can lead to yeah so what was life like for you post that hospital trauma that you went through that experience you went back home did you say okay well I'm gonna go back to school let me just carry on living my life I'm young I don't even I don't know if I want a baby right now at this point anyways is it something where they said okay you need to start taking your medication as well you need to probably go on the pill this and that what was it like for you well, after that, like I said, after the resting at home, I had to go back for follow-up consultations to actually discuss what it was. Because remember, by this point, I'm still clueless. You still I don't just, know. I was just resting. Um, I had to give in um, a letter, I think, that my mom probably delivered that to the law faculty at the time I was in. And, you know, mm-hmm. to say what medical... I was going through something medical, and I got a little bit of time off. So that gave me time for the consultations. And um, I then found out, yes, infertility was a big thing. And I did cry, even despite 20, yes, even though I didn't want, 
a baby then. I knew I always knew I wanted a baby sometime in the future. Yeah. And I, I think was, it's a primal thing that's always at the back of most women's heads that we'll have time to do it, especially yeah. at 1920. Mm-hmm. It's so far into the distance, though, you can't even really access it but then when somebody kind of takes the option away from you yeah. completely it feels stripped it's upsetting it feels stripped you it go really into panic feels, feels mode. and for sure i went to my mom crying i don't my mom was like when we get to that bridge we'll cross it don't worry and the com- just trying to comfort but i felt like i still wanted more yeah i think i wanted more then and i still was living um so they they would have gone through the option telling me have a better diet, a better exercise, but they didn't specialize in um, PCOS. The doctors were more general practitioner doctors. So it was about three years going on then after that that I um, found out about Dr. Nicole Durnham, and that's from Julia. So I guess what we all have in common is Julia. (laughs) I met her through a mutual friend, and I mean, this is even before, way before the organization was started, and she said, there's a woman that could help you with this, you know. I have. She said, I have endometriosis. Um, you've been diagnosed with PCOS. Because like I said, they put a name to it and explained as many things as they could about it, but mm-hmm. it still wasn't a specialist. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, I'm going to go to this Dr. Nicole Durnham. And I started from then at 23 with her. And she, I would say, changed my life. Yes. Because I learned the types of foods I was to eat. She said, cut out simple starches, simple sugars, pastas, bread, need to exercise, um, you know, this type of potato over this type of thing. If you are going to do pasta, this thing. And I went on an exercise journey. I went crazy with it. <laughs> this is how I remember you. Yeah, yeah. She became this nutritional slash fitness kind of guru. Exercise on, junkie. I'm sitting there on the couch eating my chips and wingdings. And I'm like, man, she is really going at it. I am so impressed. No. You know, wingding sauce real quick. But you no one made knew it. Why. No one knew why. That was, my, my focus, honestly, was better lifestyle. Yeah. But I wanted a kid, and no one knew. And I'm here lifting all these weights. They're like, "Oh, she's just really into fitness." I was like, "Yeah, I, mean, I kept it a secret. I just, I'm into fitness. I'm into this food thing." But I knew my goals. I can was, say yeah. that you are very goal oriented. I mean, yeah. a lot of people they talk the talk, but they don't necessarily walk the walk. And they say, "Oh, I really want this." Yeah. So, but they won't necessarily, you know, try to put in the effort to it. do it. So yeah. the fact that you did is incredible. When it comes to non-medical treatments, things that you do for yourself, um, is there anything that you do for yourself when it comes to um, making sure that you mitigate the symptoms as well? Because she mentioned diet. Diet and exercise. What's your diet like? So I tend to avoid simple starches. Pastas, like I love pasta. Who doesn't love pasta? Of course. But I always... Is that a big trigger? Um, for me, it is, and, and bread. For PCOS, it's supposed yeah. to be a thing that you really like should a, a try PCOS to really keep diet I've seen, yeah, mm-hmm. but I, for me, what I realized works for me, because, you know, everybody's different. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to do a lot of trial and error, but I found that um, dairy, sugars, and um, carbs... I still eat them. Don't get don't get me twisted. Like, I definitely <laughs> eat them. You gotta have your cheat days. Of course. Not even, like... I will eat them, but in moderation. Right. And I know that if I eat too much, I will get, like, it feels, try to, you, I, you feel bloated, not so much bloated as in, as in what people would imagine bloated feels like, but it feels like your ovaries are, are fat. I don't know how to explain <laughs> it. Like, That's it, it feels, I'll, I'll, I, I don't know. Honey, <laughs> my ovaries look fat today? <laughs> I don't know. Of course not. It's you, way to put it. It's uncomfortable. You feel bad. If you you feel nasty. Vagin. Vagin no, terminology. Just feel no, nasty. I, <laughs> I can say maybe I, lethargic. I don't. Maybe like. No, I'm like in physical pain. Like they feel as. It feels like a stitch. It feels like you have it. For a me. Cramp. It feels like. No, not cramp. A stitch. You know, if you're running. I don't really know the you difference. You know, if you're running <laughs> and you get like a stitch like in your side. Yes. Right. So for me, it feels like that. But like a water filled stitch. I can't describe you it. You really have a way, <laughs> I can't a way really of explaining. <laughs> I can't really describe it. And I know that if I go along that path, like if I continue eating that way and not exercising and that kind of stuff, it will get worse. And then there'll be a one point in time where I could be close to rupture or or a rupture and I'm in like pain. So I, I was checking out the symptoms of the PCOS and I know they had said um, mood swings. 
they had said things like weight gain, Mm -hmm. thinning hair. And I know you had mentioned that your hair had broken off. Um, As well as hair sometimes growing on the face and the back. Did you guys ever have any symptoms in relation to those? Or I think for me, mood swings, anxiety, and depression. Mood swings, anxiety, and depression. That's a lot. Yeah. I didn't, How did you treat your mental health during that time? Or is it psychiatrist? No, it's, it's okay. The psychiatrist at UE, um, because obviously this would have happened while I was at UE. That was helpful. Um, I did get a private psychiatrist as well. Um, I tried to shift my life into rather than thinking about the negative of the situation to just live like a truly fulfilling life because mm-hmm. then, as you said, you saw me over the years. I was hanging out with my I friends. I would never have known that this was going on with you. Because I, I, said, I said to the world, show a bright face always because I was, like I said, studying and just being social, but... I said, yeah, you for so long have shown up such a bright face, but... And it's not even showing such a bright face. You said that you tried to be as positive as possible. So it's not like you're putting on a facade. It's that you've made a a decision Mm -hmm. to be positive during any kind of trying times that you're going, which is very inspirational. Before the exercise, I had a year that I didn't exercise. Mm -hmm. Um, When I, soon after finding out and all that, and that same period in those three years, I wasn't really working or doing anything, and I was just like sad Some and thinking about like it that. and tired because you got extremely tired I had the cold intolerance I was just cold tired upset bad and you know like I said I've ever known my friends will go out with my friends and they'll call me out and we'll hang out and all that but I still you were going through a depression a, pr- a depressive a depressive time state. the exercises what made me first before even going after my passion projects and diving into marketing. I think it's the um, exercise that had me feeling good and positive about my body and how I looked to myself. Because, of course, you had all the bloating, your stomach's big, all the shit. You don't gain, feel like yourself. Weight, no. You don't feel good. And then, furthermore, being on the birth control, that did make me gain another 15 pounds. The shots that I should never have gone on. Um, but <laughs> bad advice um, from a nurse I did encounter. And... Um, even though I did express I had PCOS because they didn't know. They're like, oh, yeah, you have PCOS. You can still go on this birth control. Mm-hmm. This is not going to affect you. It's not so, good for you. Not it, a good reaction. No, it wasn't because I was on a depot. And when I, by the time I went to Dr. Nicole Durnham, like I said, she was after all my trial and error things. Mm-hmm. Um, the line of my uterus had further depleted. And she said I further reduced my chance of having children. And that made me even more upset. Oh, my so gosh. Yeah. And now, I just want, before we move forward, I just want to say that none of us are doctors here. Yeah. These stories are their personal experiences. If you feel like you may uh, be living with PCOS, if you are having issues, you know, conceiving, and that is something that you want to do, the first step is to call your doctor. Yep. And with them. because everybody is different Definitely. and what may work for you may not work for someone else. So we just want to make that clear, exactly. you know, when we're mentioning <laughs> brands and that, that's the yeah. disclaimer. Okay? It's, just, it's just what we did, but, Personal experience but, but it might work for somebody else. Absolutely. Um, things might work very well for another you person. You must have hit similar. the floor when I you heard so, that your chances had depleted. I was so depleted. upset because she was like, okay, you already, I had already, found, I already knew from before I was anemic because that's another thing you don't just much iron so you have to be either trying to take the iron supplements the spinach yeah. the tablets well i can't even take tablets so that was horrible <laughs> that was horrible trying you know, to force I those i'm not a big fan of tablets either <laughs> I, I i was always the kid that my mom would cut a panadol into In threes half, yeah. threes i couldn't even do halves and i just yeah, yeah just, you're trying to force it yeah. down your throat yeah. and, and you're yeah so None, none of these things are, are working and, <laughs> and then you tell yourself okay you're lacking iron I got to a point you know it was the great news there were good turning points so I don't always want to say that this was you know because I would have gone in the past to donate blood they might have said yeah. you can't donate right now your white blood cell count is low you're clearly anemic so all of this exercise food diet within by two years within two years I was no longer anemic my body had produced iron all over again it was only through pregnancy that I started getting drained and now mm-hmm. I am lacking some iron and Baby Sydney doesn't get all the iron she needs, but there's supplements for her, supplements for I don't know if she's um, old enough for the iron-fortified cereal, but Ethan's on 
iron fortified cereal. So <laughs> got to try that. Yeah, you, I, I just mix it with milk. You mean the yeah. rice cereal? Yeah, the rice cereal, yeah, yeah. oatmeal. All of that is iron fortified. If you want to, excellent. So absolutely, just a little, you know, yeah, a little, a little, a little tip, a little, little tip, tip for you, yeah. mom to mom. Now, mom to mom. Mom to mom. That would have been a good podcast name, too. Stefan, should I change it? Write it down. Write it down. I think you guys should do that that podcast. That'd be cute. Mom to mom. So after the exercise, after the diet, after following your doctor's advice, um, something big happened. You had great news. Magical. Yes. I, I couldn't believe it. I got pregnant. Yeah. Did. Yeah, after years of thinking, I probably won't. And I, I'm trying to accept the fact that I may not um, because of being told how low my chances were. I, It happened. It just happened. It just happened. Yeah. Were you actively trying during your, you know, your road to physical wellness and mental wellness? Were you actively trying or were you, like you said, you were just kind of accepting. So were you just living your life and it happened? I was living my best life <laughs> <laughs> as always. And, you know, working out and eating right. Um, saying that someday I'll actively go and try with, uh, with my partner. Um, but it was actually after, as I said, the find out from Dr. Nicole Durham, these birth control shots you're doing, this is not good for the body. And I was looking and thinking at all, all the other things I could do to manage it and I'm not good with the tablets. Honestly, I flaked on the liquid supplements <laughs> and the treatments and the medication. So I was doing nothing at the time. And when you come off of birth control like that, um, yeah, you know what could happen. You're off of it and there you go. There you go. In two twos. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. Boom. Here's Sydney. Exactly. Here's and Sydney. how old is Sydney now? Sydney is six months old. She will be seven months, September 25th. And Sydney's yeah. already like at the front page of newspapers, and she's already <laughs> making her. She's sure. one of those hard, hardest working babies in in <laughs> yeah. She actually won the nation's cute kids competition. Yes, she did. Oh, yeah, she's she's well, she's adorable. But I I say all babies are adorable. So I just think it was her smile. Um, I love her smile. That. It's this little gummy toothless Wait, grin. Wait, that was your... Oh, she's so cute. Oh, thank you. Oh. She's, she's like adorable. No team, no <laughs> team. She's just a gummy bear. She's a gummy, so gummy cute. Sydney. Like gummy bear, Sydney gums. She has a lot of nicknames. You know, Natit, Sydney Natit, oh. Aline. Yeah, so she... I think she's... Just ready for the world. Yeah, you got to follow Sydney on IG, man. IG, she needs her handle already. Oh, she's, no. <laughs> That's what people are telling me. <laughs> but I think she's just ready for the world and positive and happy. And oh. I, I think I shower her with love because oh, we said you were taught pregnancy. So I, I did in my first trimester have a complication. So I feel like that even more so pushed me like, this is my blessing. This is my miracle, yeah, baby. Sure. I'm, I'm do you mind me asking what kind of complication? Well, I had excessive bleeding. A close friend of mine who's actually a workmate was mm -hmm. driving me home from work one day. Um, for some reason, we decided to a carpool because yeah. we were working for years together and we would drive separate cars, but we <laughs> said we we're going to carpool. And we had started that carpooling thing. I would drive her. She'd drive me for a couple of months and she was driving me home and she just looked at me and, you know, like I said, I was pregnant a couple weeks. So maybe it was a good eight weeks by then. Definitely so first that, trimester. Yeah, yeah. So she looked at the car seat and said, oh, my gosh, you're bleeding. Oh, my gosh, this car seat is soaked. Did you not notice? Stop, get up. No, no because I think um, I'm accustomed to a lot of um, different discharges mm -hmm. and different things with, you know, with the weird periods and the stuff in my life. So right. I don't think much of and it, was, wow. it was my first pregnancy, so I don't know what oh is um, normal. normal. What's not, not, not expected? Not normal. Yeah, so when she said that, I said, whoa, okay. I called my partner immediately, Sergio. I rushed in the shower. I was like, you know, again, bleeding. I called. I'm, you, I'm, <laughs> we called. I'm trying to imagine being in that situation yeah. and <clears throat> trying to hold everything together. You can hold it together. We have to have a supportive um, partner for sure, um, mom, everything, and... We were calling, you know, call FMHA is my emergency thing usually, but Sandy Crest was the closest, so they mm -hmm. called Sandy Crest. He said, um, yeah, he said to me, we're going to Sandy Crest right now. We went immediately. 
Was it PCOS related? It was PCOS related. So it would be a case whereby the lining of my uterus was tearing more. I think, or is it, why is it that holes in the baby, especially with the PCOS? The cervix? The Something in the, that area was, whole, you know, whatever holes in the baby with the whole sack. I was going to say the amniotic fluid. The, plug? The, the, something was tearing. Something, something was, tearing. was tearing. Something, something was, tearing. was tearing. So did something they, was tearing. they oh, prevent membranes. it? I feel like it might be membranes. Oh, a doctor. This is why we need Dr. Archer on the show. They're going to be looking at us like, what are those girls? I thought like disclaimer, we are not doctors. Something was tearing. Something was tearing. Um. They weren't, they weren't, whatever it was, it wasn't normal. They said they're not sure they're not a specialist. Again, Chris said we're general practitioners. They did all the tests that they do, you know, with the um, stirrup putting you up and the clamps and everything. And And they weren't sure? They weren't sure because they said. You see, they're doctors and they don't know. Yeah, they they weren't sure. They were like, we think (laughs) something is happening in there that are causing bleeding. They said maybe it's a tear, maybe it's this, because, you know, you have to make. Um, guesses yeah. and go along because it's PCOS. Yeah, because it's PCOS. Yeah. So they're like, okay, well, you need to check with your gynecologist immediately tomorrow. So I did book immediately with Dr. Nicole because you can call her anytime mm-hmm. and went into her first thing next day. And she said, Erica, if I knew, because I hadn't gone to her yet, I was planning to go to her. You know, it's actually eight weeks is when you start going you start, to Yeah, I was right, going yeah. to book that soon with her to Whoa. start going with her. But I had happened. The episode happened, yeah, happened before yeah, you before could make could the book. appointment. Yeah. And so she examined you. She examined, and she would have said, "I have to go on the progesterone shots immediately because if I don't get these shots, which are the ones, of course, all of them you get in the butt. You would know that with the birth control. <laughs> Is that true? The other shots. I, did, I never. I got the shots. butt. I mean, with the birth control shots, you get I in never the butt. Had the, shot. the progesterone <laughs> shots, you get in the butt. <laughs> so no, I've that in hurts. the butt. You know that hurts. I'm terrified of injections. I mean, and that that like, daily, is that a daily it's thing? A, it's a weekly shot that you had to get for the majority oh, of what the pregnancy. What a thing to look forward oh, so to. I got, 20, I got about 25 <laughs> or 26 or something shots. Could yeah, you imagine? Every week I had to go on schedule to her, but she's like, just think about it. This is worth it. This is Can what's going to do baby in. Can Sergio do it? Exactly. I'm like, I wish you could do it. I have to go <laughs> to the doctor to get this injection oh gosh, every week. that's horrible. Yeah. Yeah, that was the that was the treatment for it because they were like, okay, well, and it worked. It, it worked. it worked. It worked. It worked because nothing tore anymore, and it kept the sat and it kept her in it, kept everything in, and I did not get any more bleeding. So and she came along saying, at the expected time. Yeah, yeah. Well, she was in term. She came at thirty seven weeks. Wow. Yeah, the usual nausea, vomiting, morning sickness that you get with every pregnancy. Well, not oh, every. Okay, let me not, let me talk for myself. <laughs> with some pregnancies right. and the the cravings and the I vomited in um UE um graduate studies oh. lobby because I'm studying again my masters and I oh. would have that's my fault <laughs> though I feel like I didn't. <laughs> Eat that I was going hard. A lot of in. us have thrown up in a lot of questionable <laughs> places. All right. Yeah. We first, don't need to get all tied up in we that. Don't okay, that's to, we don't need that's episode. We don't even need to talk about that. First day of class, I am pretty sure I rushed a tongue because and bought a new leggings oh, right no. before class and everything. Yeah, just... But that's pregnancy stuff. To me, yeah. those are normal. I was actually happy that I was getting all the normal yes. pregnancy stuff. I know people say, oh, these are so horrible. This is pain. This is... Disgusting. I totally get it. I was just happy that I was. That I totally everything get was functioning normal the, the after that the morning one, sickness. Yeah, that one excessive bleeding. So I just was like, I just want everything else to go normal and everything yeah. else and did everything go. Else. See, Shauna's attitude. Shauna's attitude is different to it, and, <laughs> and and she made the conscious decision not to have any more babies. Not to say I that can't she, take that chance. I I wasn't nauseous with with Liam. I didn't have morning sickness. I didn't even really know. Isn't that hilarious? She had none of the symptoms. So her pregnancy, for the most part, was smooth sailing. That's what I'm saying. Like, it was was pretty easy. I mean, I would get... I got, like, hip pain going on to the end, you know. That was... But That's normal, too. Pelvic pelvic pain and all of that is so normal. Now, I know that Shauna said she does not want any more children. Uh, Erica... The yes. fifty thousand dollar question. <laughs> I don't have fifty thousand dollars, but <laughs> Monopoly, Monopoly dollars, imaginary in the air. Imaginary Jeopardy, fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that you would go through it again, have another baby? Definitely. Yeah. Yes, I want one more. I want a boy now. <laughs> Speak it to the universe, honey. Yes, in four years. Universe. In four years. In four years. Hopefully, life is set up. 
Uh, well, nothing is ever going to be perfectly planned no. in life, but I mean, you know, finance-wise, school-wise, over house-wise, all these plans. You know, once everything is concrete there, I do want to try for another child. I love that. I yeah. love that. And I, I, it's just incredible to me. Two women, you both went through something so similar, and you have taken on the challenges of it so differently as well. And that's the thing about living with something like PCOS is that everybody has their own decisions to make, their own choices, their own paths to follow, how they decide to treat the PCOS. And it's just incredible that, you know, we're all sitting here and having this conversation that everybody can, of course, listen to and gain a little something from it. Now, we actually, speaking of those people who are listening, I actually posted on IG, I asked the question, I said I had two, two incredible women (laughs) Oh, um, joining all, us. You said phenomenal. We're all phenomenal. 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 Sorry, phenomenal. phenomenal. We're all phenomenal. <laughs> and I said, um, if there's any, if you have any questions you'd like answered about PCOS during the show, post below, and I'll ask the ladies for you. Now, once again, we are not doctors, so when they answer these questions, this is based on their experiences. Okay. Um, so the first uh, question. What can women do to manage daily the pain due to PCOS? Do you do anything daily? Do you avoid things? I know you guys had mentioned about your diet. Um, What about things like yoga, stretching, um, like you said, exercise? Definitely exercise. I I, I like the, if you can, for me personally, I like the um, weightlifting in terms of the exercise. That would be more because you can get back pains. I get them regardless because of, um, heavy bust, but um, you know, I've seen online that some people do get back pain of some sort associated with PCOS. So maybe if you could strengthen the back through weightlifting, if that's okay, and your doctor says that's okay, and do that, I was back encouraged. massages might help. I was encouraged. Got to tell that. the hubbies, get I, a few back massages too. Oh yeah, massages. <laughs> I think a massage would be great. I do, I do an occasional, very very occasional massage. massage. I did during pregnancy and mm-hmm. uh, and post pregnancy, but scared. I think massages could. Oh, you were scared to get a pregnancy massage? Yeah, They're specialists. I was scared, They're I was scared to even get a pedicure. Like, I was just like, no. My one little dot in this entire world, and I'm not taking any chances. I wouldn't drink Coke. I understand. I wouldn't have coffee. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't go around people that were smoking. Like Now I that Ethan hardcore. is now that Ethan came out, okay, I'm like, well, I did have deli meats. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I'm I sorry. I love ham. <laughs> I had sushi once, not knowing. or Well, not know, it's not not knowing because I did know. By a certain point, Dr. Nicole did give me, you can't have raw yeah. fish. She gave me a whole list you see, of See, that's things. why I like Dr. Yeah. Archer. Dr. Archer was like, everything in moderation, you're mm-hmm. going to be fine. Don't freak out. Yeah. Just carry on living your life. Of course, don't overindulge in anything. Yeah. And um, for the little foods, a little, you know, just... You know, yeah. be cool with it. Exactly. Have a little bite. You're going to be fine. I forgot. I forgot, honestly. And I slept <laughs> one time. I had sushi and a friend it's lambasted me about hair. Anybody who's commenting sushi. underneath this video yeah. and saying, nah, 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 we no, don't want to hear fine. it. Okay. Funny enough, um, before I found out I was pregnant, I was having um, pain in my mouth. I had to go get like a cavity filled, the one single cavity that I have. Um, and I kept saying to the dentist, I was like, I can still feel it. And she kept like pumping more. Like no, and then like a week later, I was like, I'm pregnant. So I went to Dr. Archer with like a list of questions. I drank Coke. <laughs> I had dental. I had like, surgery, uh, and I had I had all this um you know numbing agent. Is that okay? She's like Shauna. Yeah, you're fine. Well, I actually called Dr. Archer because I dropped into a pothole one time, and I was like, I'm pretty oh sure gosh. everything got dislodged. Because <laughs> you're panicking. I was panicking. <laughs> so I'm I'm just saying that. It's completely normal when yeah. we, we it is. freak it out. Is. It, it is. is. I called Dr. Nicole um, a night um, after um, I went to a social fundraising event, and yeah. I thought the water, I don't know what happened, <laughs> but it was a false labor, but she did. It was It was important to call because yeah, it was course. a false, because even though, yes, because there, there was some, you know, water and some trickling, 
it wasn't my water that broke, but I still took her advice to go to QH and get it checked out because it did turn out to be something. It false liver was still something, you know, yeah. the Braxton Hicks contractions. And I did get, um, I did deliver two days later. So obviously something <laughs> was triggered. You triggered. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, the mucous membrane did yeah. start to come down a little it's bit. I dilated a little bit. So it's good that you still, it didn't happen that day. You were just tuned in. Happened. You were tuned in a little bit earlier than usual. Yeah. Okay, another question. Um, somebody asked, um, and this, by the way, is it can be a completely anecdotal response on what can be done to deter the growth of facial hair. Is there anything that you can use for that? Is it just hair removal that you would recommend? Um, do you guys discuss this stuff like among the, I mean, the ladies? I get laser hair removal for my chin because I did have a little bit. I've always had it. Yeah. But I get laser hair removal. Mm hmm. And that's all I do. I know it. some people shave. Some people use the depth, you know, the depil creams or whatever. But I get laser hair, hair I just, removal. I just shave my legs. I don't, I don't think I have an excessive hair problem. Facial mm-hmm. hair, yeah. Um, I don't have the facial hair problem. Maybe hair on my legs might grow every three days or two days yeah. after I shave. But I would just shave once a week. Um, my favorite hair <laughs> removal right now is sugaring. I yes, love I it. Yes, I get sugared other it's, places. Yes. Same. I love it. <laughs> I tell would me never sugar in. I want to. I want to know. Tell me about this. This is a new. Can thing? I just tell you that it's not as as delightful as it sounds? As in no, sugaring. Not. You know, it's like, oh, that must be good. Sugaring. <laughs> no, no, no. no, there's still a level of like pain, pain for sure with it, but, but it I find that waxing. it hurts less than waxing, and I find that the hair grows back thinner and Much. slower as well. Agreed. Okay. Um, I have a friend with PCOS that has been trying to get pregnant for six years. To no avail. Any suggestions? That's so sad. Like I my yeah. my eyes are starting I, to get feel, a little um, teary because hard. that is hard. Mm-hmm. It's a really dark place when you're trying actively to get pregnant and you're not getting success, and it's it's almost like you give up. Yeah. There was um you know the regional discussion that I mentioned. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a link on the endometriosis and. PCOS Facebook page. So I think it's Barbados Association of Endo and PCOS. That's the one on Facebook. Yeah. And the link to the regional discussion, which is a discussion for about an hour and a half, there is a segment in there that's specifically on infertility where they called in a doctor from St. Lucia. I don't remember her name. I know she was a white lady and she gave a full, full account of is everything. Is it on YouTube? To, it's on I know it's on the Facebook page. I'll try to see if what's the name of the Facebook page. It's Barbados Association of Endometriosis and PCOS. So I would recommend for that person that asked Barbados Mm -hmm. Association of Endometriosis and PCOS on Facebook. Go follow and check out the videos. There's a video, right? And she talked all about IVF. Her clinic, her work in St. Lucia. She talked about IVF treatments in Barbados, all across the Caribbean, and what people are doing. And because um, IVF can be costly, but so she, and she recognizes that with herself having a fertility clinic, but she also gives suggestions outside of IVF yeah. on um, things that could help in terms of increasing chances for getting pregnant. All right, ladies. Well, I think that was a, a fantastic conversation, and I I feel like I know so much more about what it's like, and for you to humanize it and put a face to the uh, syndrome mm-hmm. is really really important. Now, I know that you guys have been doing a lot of FaceTime over the years. You're making sure that people know about it. You're spreading the word. Once again, the foundation is there. People can come to you for information. um, And, of course, you reach out as well to them so you can let them be aware and know what's going on. So tell us a little bit about the foundation, just really quickly. Uh, (laughs) I mean... um so we do some outreach projects. We do um, it's about advocacy and letting people know that these things exist. And then um, there's also opportunities for people who may not be able to afford care or you know need grants to apply or mm-hmm. you know request. Can you help me pay for my surgery? Can you help me pay for medication? That kind of thing. Um, there are outreach projects with the schools with churches, you know, just trying to get it, information out there. And you also have to look out plug, this. Plug m- this. Oh, plug this. We have <laughs> this is my personal coffee. That's why it doesn't look as fresh. Okay, see, now I'm not wearing my glasses. <laughs> my eyesight is so book. terrible. Bring it a little bit closer here. Let's go. Invisible, not imaginary. A collection of stories about strength and resilience for Caribbean girls. So this book focuses on stories of PCOS, PCOS. endometriosis. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. There you go. Fibroids. So the Barbados Association of Endometriosis and PCOS is pleased to unveil its first collection of short stories. So these are short stories. So you can dive into the chronicles of Jen, Naomi, Star, and six other Caribbean young women as they navigate life with one of these conditions. So where can someone find this book if they want to? Is it still available in bookstores now? It wasn't meant to be a plug for for our company because of course I do. I am in the book industry too, but we do try to distribute to all of the bookstores. So um, you can check everybody out. But um, yeah, we do the distribute as distributors. I can mention, well, yes, bookstores is the main distributor. Of that. And this raises sure funds for, for the, the foundation, for things like research, for advocacy, um, for it. the volunteer programs, um, the school Educator, outreach, the edu- every, everything, the shirts, the everything. Um, everything you could think of of PCOS. You have, yeah, you have the books, but you have the dollar drive, but you have the donations. Like, so it's just a whole yeah. thing. I'll be sure to pick up this book. And uh, once again, it's called Invisible, Not Imaginary. So make sure that you support an excellent cause and yeah. you're in here but you're not your name isn't in the back is, do you have an alias or is it just one is it is your story under erica in this book? <laughs> i don't have my personal story in there um i can say and i want to give a, a prop to lashana griffith she wrote a lot of the stories um she has endometriosis i know dr vania vania yeah she wrote some of these stories i saw julia wrote a story in there too those are some of the um directors directors of the foundation and then lashana did some poems in there um i read it in its entirety because not only does it have short stories it has um a lot of information about the conditions at the back and then um i love this i love this um final prose in in this poetry this poem that's at the back everything it says And this is by Lashana Griffith. She says, and I think this is a great way to end the show. Mm -hmm. You are not defined by your condition and you are not alone, nor are you invisible because invisible does not mean imaginary. Perfect. Yeah, perfect. And I will (laughs) say then, you have Community College Bookstore. We definitely definitely have it at the UE Bookstore, at Erdiston Bookstore. And like I said, check all the other guys because we believe in it has to be everywhere so it's not just for our books check all the other bookstores um it's, we also distribute to doctor's offices it's mm-hmm. at the hospital and you can also offices, just like dm yeah, you know you the barbados association of endometriosis and pcos you guys are on facebook you're on ig and um you can just get some uh, dms in and see if you can get you know where's the closest bookstore Definitely. to you absolutely exactly all right, ladies, I think that was a, whew, whew, that was a good one, a heavy one, but I really, really enjoyed speaking with you, and uh, we cannot wait. Remember, September is PCOS Awareness Month, so look yes. out for the dollar drives happening all over the island, and I will be sure to support as well. Thank you so much, Shauna. Thank you for having us. Thank you, Erica. Thank you, Astra. Thank <laughs> you, everybody. Episode two of Apparently with Astra. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>